Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Equitymates Media, this is The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. This year, you've heard a lot about inflation. The numbers have been climbing month by month. Now the trickle has turned into a flood of economic hardship. A few months ago, I was on your show and I think I was complaining about $4 gas. We're approaching $6 gas now. High costs, which economists say haven't even peaked yet, and pain, which isn't been spread evenly. Higher food prices, higher petrol prices, higher energy bills. Wherever you are in the world, prices are rising. In general, governments like to see a 2 to 3% inflation in the economy. That, that's healthy. But 2022 has been anything but this. In Australia, inflation is at 6.8%. In the United States, it's at 8.2%. In Britain, it's 10.1%. And in Turkey, it's an astonishing 83%. And in general, inflation is damaging for an economy. People can buy less with their money, which hurts businesses who are also paying more for supplies. So when we came across an article talking about the winners from inflation, it piqued our interest. It's Monday the 10th of October, and today I want to know, who wins when inflation is high? To do this, I'm joined by my colleague here at Equity Mates and the co-host of You're in Good Company, appearing on The Dive for the first time ever, it's Maddie Guest. Maddie, welcome to The Dive. Hey, Sasha. Thanks for having me. Now, you've been given the hardest of tasks in your first time ever on The Dive. We haven't given you just any topic. You've got to make the positive case for inflation, a subject that's a little bit dry. But before we get into it, I do want to know, have you given up any items at the supermarket checkout? You know, when you're standing there and you go, I just don't know whether I can justify this purchase. <laughs> oh. Where have you been feeling inflation the most in your life? You know, I keep wondering if things are getting more expensive or if I'm just getting poorer. But I think it's the Lurpak butter for me, the slightly salty Lurpak butter. I mean, they were saying it was a luxury good over in the UK. That is how much prices were rising. <laughs> for me, uh, I can't think what they're called, but they're, they're like those snap dried uh, pea chips. Yum. They're so good. They're so delicious, but they're now about $6 per hacket. Oh, and seeing gosh. as I demolish one in one sitting. They are so peckish. You can't stop. I thought, oh, $6 is a little bit much for a snack at the moment. So inflation and interest rates have been the biggest business story of 2022. I know that we've done some episodes on it before on this podcast. And the negative headlines, they've just been everywhere. Inflation is taking a big bite out of Americans' everyday budgets and savings. The latest report out this morning is expected to show an 8.4% spike from a year ago. It doesn't sound great, does it, Sash? We often hear the percentages, 6% in Australia, 8% in the United States, 10% in Britain. But to be honest, I'm going to hit you with the hard truths early. It really all just means that our money is buying us less. We've all heard the age-old adage from our grandparents or even our parents that when they were your age, you could grab a loaf of bread for just 20 cents. But over time, prices rise because businesses charge more, which then allows them to pay their staff higher wages or expand their operations. And all this helps to grow our economy. 
So, a little inflation is actually a good thing. It's a sign of economic health. It sounds like a Mary Poppins song or something. <laughs> a little inflation goes a long way or something. Well, whilst 20 cents doesn't get you much these days, we're also paid a lot more and our economy is a lot bigger than when our grandparents were popping down to the milk bar to grab the loaf of bread. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that whilst we have inflation to blame for rising costs, a steady amount of inflation has a lot of positive impacts too, and it's the natural way of our economy growing. What you don't want to see, though, is a 20-cent loaf of bread jump all of a sudden to $2 in the one year. That can cause what they call an economic shock (laughs) for consumers. I mean, I'd certainly... I'm shocked every time my coffee goes up by 50 cents. So, yeah, if your bread is suddenly jumping to the extent that you can't afford it... That's a big surprise. I've actually discovered a great $2 fresh sourdough lo- at my local supermarket recently, but that's right. 20 cents to $2 over 50 years is great. Steady economic growth. But 20 cents to $2 in one year has the ringing of an economic crisis. I need to ask you where that loaf is because I just paid $8.50 <laughs> for one this morning. Oh. I mean, it was a specialty loaf store and it was a treat, but... I'm sure it's going to be delicious. It's pretty steep. And so what you're talking about there is where the conversation suddenly turns to interest rates. Here in Australia, we've just had our sixth consecutive interest rate hike for the year. And in the US, we've seen interest rates go from 0% to 3% in just a matter of months. Can you give me a quick economics 101? Why do our interest rates keep going up? Sasha, is now a good time to tell you that I actually failed economics at uni. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should have gone past the M's in my phone book and called someone else in for the episode today. Well, safe to say I have worked on it a lot since then. But what you need to know is that interest rates are a really key tool in the government's toolkit to fight inflation. In simplest terms, the higher the interest rate, the less likely consumers and businesses are to borrow money because they'll have to pay back more. So the result is that the general level of spending in the economy declines. It does seem a little counterintuitive, though. If I already can't afford my supermarket shop, I'm putting the lower pack butter back. (laughs) Now my hypothetical mortgage and my credit card bill are also more expensive. It is a bit rude, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, to stop prices rising so rapidly, governments need people to stop spending. So by making all of our debt more expensive, whilst it does cause some short-term economic pain, it's still better than the alternative, which is runaway inflation. But Sash, let's talk business for a moment because the effect of rising interest rates on the economy is really clear when we think about how it affects companies. When interest rates rise, it makes it more expensive for businesses to pay off existing loans or take out new ones as the amount of interest that they have to pay back on the loan goes up. In the same way, I would use a mortgage to buy a home faster than having to save the full price of the house on my own. Businesses often use loans to grow their business faster than they otherwise could. So making borrowing costs more expensive has the flow-on effect of slowed economic growth. Okay, let's take a worked example of this to really explain it. I've got lots of choices because I really do like clothes, but let's say I'm running a sweater business. Nice, I like it. So you're the CEO of Sasha's Sweaters. Great alliteration. (laughs) So Sash, you're thinking about getting a loan from the bank to open a new factory that's going to increase your profits by 5% a year. Sounds like smart business to me. If you could borrow at 2% interest, then that's exactly right. It's worth it. You would see profits grow by 5%, you pay the bank back 2% interest, and then you get to pocket the rest. But if interest rates rise and you borrow money at 7%, it's no longer worth it because you have to pay the bank back more than you make in extra profits. 
So the result is you don't borrow the money, you don't build the new factory, and you don't hire the new workers. In other words, the higher interest rate has slowed down economic activity. So put real numbers to it. If I was currently making $100, by borrowing this money, I was then going to take back $105, but I was going to give the bank $3 back then I'm getting an extra $2. I mean, it's a lot of effort for just $2. (laughs) But then all of a sudden the bank is saying to me, no, we want $7 back. And I go, well, actually I'm in a worse position than I was when I started. Exactly right. Okay. So that's where it doesn't make sense to me. How can slowing down business be a good thing? Well, it sort of is. We're learning this year that economic policy is like walking a tightrope. You want inflation, but not too much inflation. Here you want business activity, but not too much business activity. The right amount of business activity is great because people are employed and earning money. I can afford my margaritas. Businesses are growing and expanding and the government is bringing in more tax revenue. So it's happy days. But too much business activity becomes a problem. Because you then drink too many margaritas, (laughs) right? (laughs) Look, there's no problems there. But thinking about some of the issues that we've been experiencing recently Businesses can't hire enough employees, so they have to keep offering higher and higher wages, which pushes inflation higher again because people have more money. Then the higher wages force businesses to raise their prices, causing more inflation, which causes employees to demand another pay rise and even more inflation. You can see where I'm going with this. This is what's known as a wage price spiral. And spirals, unless they're in pasta, are never (laughs) a good thing. No, they are not. So to summarise, higher interest rates slow down consumers because they have to spend more of their wages on paying off debt, meaning that they can buy less stuff. They also slow down businesses, firstly, because borrowing money to expand becomes less attractive, like for Sasha's sweaters, and secondly, because consumers are buying less, meaning businesses are selling less. Because businesses and consumers have less money to spend, this takes some of the heat out of the economy. The technical term for this is demand destruction. Basically, demand for key items is less. And if we return to our Economics 101 lesson, as demand falls and supply remains the same, prices fall. The goal for central banks around the world is to keep inflation at a manageable level, using tools like interest rates to balance the movements up and down without causing too much pain for businesses and people like us. Okay, so Maddie, we've set up this episode by saying that there are some winners, some stakeholders who benefit from inflation. And all I feel like we've done is explain about how you're drinking less margaritas. I've put my favorite chips back. We've just explained how higher inflation and higher interest rates hurt us as consumers and businesses. And I'm feeling pretty hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So let's take a break. We can have a quick snack, a cheap one. And then let's actually talk about who benefits from inflation. 
price index data shows inflation is up 8.6% over the last year, the highest rate in 40 years. Welcome back to The Dive. Today, I'm joined by my colleague here at Equimates and the co-host of Your In Good Company, Maddie Guest. We are talking about inflation. Yes, the sexiest <laughs> topic in the news at the moment. This year, we've heard plenty of negative headlines about inflation and interest rates. But Maddie, you're here saying there is a silver lining. The good news is not everyone loses when inflation rears its head. Now, Sash, we can split this up into consumers, businesses and governments. So who do you want to hear about first? Mm, Let's keep it focused on me. So we'll (laughs) start with consumers. All right, Sash, let's imagine that you have some kind of debt, a mortgage, credit card, whatever you like. Now, what if I told you that inflation actually erodes away at your debt? In other words, it helps you to pay it off. Explain. (laughs) (laughs) So if we take a step back, inflation refers to the general increase of prices across the economy, including the price of labour, aka your salary. But you know what doesn't increase? The amount that you borrowed from the bank. So let's say you borrowed 100 grand and you earned a 50 grand salary. The debt is two times your annual salary. With inflation rampant in 2022, the equity rates guys have given you an 8% pay rise to keep up with inflation. Pretty good. Now you're earning more, but you've still only borrowed that 100k. So the economic explanation here is that the real value of that debt has declined relative to when you took out the loan, as the dollar is worth less today than it was back then. The effect is that borrowers owe less in real terms that they used to. Okay, it sounds like I need to go give the guys a call and work <laughs> on my uh, salary negotiation skills. The caveat to all that is inflation may erode your debt, but the higher interest rate as a result of that inflation also adds to it. That's right, Sasha. We did say it was a silver lining, not quite out and out good news, but stick with me here. Okay, so that's consumers, that's me. What about businesses? What's going to happen to Sasha's sweaters? <laughs> Well, many businesses actually see profits rise in an inflationary environment. Despite rising inflation, major U.S. corporations are reporting record profits as companies pass rising supply chain costs on to consumers. Let's take your local cafe as an example. The cost of your cafe's coffee beans is rising, so they need to increase the price of your iced three-quarter extra strong soy latte. But instead of increasing the price to $5.50 to cover their increased costs, they actually increase prices to $5.80 and the difference goes to their bottom line. We've seen this playing out in Australia this month as companies listed on the ASX have been paying out record high dividends as they've been able to pass on price rises to consumers and have actually been able to make more money as a result. Plus, businesses also see the same benefits as consumers when it comes to their debt. Sure, they're paying more in interest, but inflation erodes the real value of their debt over time. Okay, so that's businesses and consumers. We haven't really spoken about how governments are affected much in this episode. So can you elaborate on that? So when business profits soar, so do the taxes on profits. When prices rise, so do the sales tax receipts, aka GST in Australia. And when employment is high and wages rise, so do the taxes on income. According to the Tax Policy Centre, about 7% of federal revenue in the US comes from corporate income taxes alone. A massive 50% comes from individual income taxes and another 36% from payroll taxes. So that means that the government has a lot more money to play with than we previously thought. These taxes have been generating increased income for them for years. And we're seeing the benefits accrue to governments in this inflationary environment. 
Here in Australia, our treasurer Jim Chalmers is due to announce the new federal budget on the 25th of October. Pop this one in your calendar because chances are that he'll surprise a few people with much better news than expected. In fact, some analysts are saying he'll be announcing a budget bottom line up to $140 billion better across five years than what the former treasurer Josh Frydenberg projected less than six months ago. That's billion with a B. That's massive. There's another caveat to add to this, Maddie. Sure, the government is bringing in more tax revenue, but everything they want to spend on is more expensive as well. So supplies for infrastructure projects, wages for teachers and nurses, even at the amount that they award in welfare checks, all of these prices inflate as well. Come on, Sash, glass half full here. <laughs> But at the moment, we're actually seeing tax receipts rise faster than government payments, i.e. money coming in for the government is rising faster than the money going out. In September, for example, Australia's aged pension rose at 4%, whilst inflation was above 6%. So in theory, all of this should give the government greater ammunition to manage the chaos. But the question remains, will the government be able to put the extra cash to good use and help us through this turbulent time. Well, you're the optimist here, so (laughs) hoping that this is a glass half full situation. Thanks so much for joining me today, Maddie. Uh, Congratulations on your first dive appearance. I think you've well and truly got me across this topic. If you've enjoyed this episode today, then please tell a friend about it. It really is the best way for our podcast to grow. And if you've just joined us for the first time, welcome. Go check out our back catalogue. A recent favourite of mine is the chess episode. It gets you up to speed on the scandal in the chess world. And we've launched something new. Alongside this episode, there is a short headlines companion where we travel all over the world, bringing you three stories from the business world. You can find that right there in your podcast feed. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at thedive.businessnews. You can contact us by email, thedive at equitymates.com. And you can subscribe wherever you're listening right now so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, Maddie. Thanks, Ash. Until next time. The Dive is a product of Equitymates Media. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of The Dive acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The hosts of The Dive are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.